0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. I wanted to share a testimony before we go any further today too. And if it, we could go home now and say, we've been blessed to be in the house of the Lord, but there is more. Um, so this testimony came from Sandy Highland. She was in the 8.30 service today. Uh, and anybody that was with us before the lockdown, we know that we had these two stations in the back with coffee. And Sandy had so much to do with serving everyone coffee. And then I don't know how long ago she got a report that she had cancer. And um, so she did a combination of went to the doctor, but also her connect group. And it, even, you know, for small groups, it's great to be in a small group when people agree with you. So the small group that she was in, uh, Daryl and Margot's small group, they just kept standing and declaring the word of God. and uh, So Sandy just sent this testimony. She, and she was back in church. Good to see that too. And seeing her face. She said, I have had a call from the specialist this evening. To tell me that I am now in complete remission. Isn't that wonderful? And, and as I said, it was a combination between the believing God and the doctor. So she didn't stay away from doctors. But then she said... He said this is unusual with just chemo treatment. And then she says, but we know better. Praise God. It's this wonderful testimony. Then I also would like, if we could do this together, as I mentioned, uh, we, we're calling this building Rama Family Churches. And the Lord told me, I, I believe that, you know, uh, uh, our congregation, in our bank accounts and in our pockets, and I'm sure maybe some of you guys have like tons of... Uh, we don't have the money at this moment in any of the bank accounts and pockets to buy this particular building. But that's not a problem because the Lord told me our congregation is rich in faith. And so it's going to be done miraculously. So let's, can we please say this again together as a church? Uh, let's say it. On I'll count to three. We'll start with Heavenly Father. One, two, three. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by your grace and our faith, 19 Tomer Place is ours. We ask and we believe. We receive it in Jesus' name. We acknowledge that we may not know how you will do it, but we count it done. All things are possible to us who believe. We give you all the glory as we watch and see you bring it to pass. And what we started to do uh, when we pray for our food, every time we eat together, whether at home or out, we bless our food. But then we say this, we say, I won't tell you the address, I say the address to our home, say, you know, certain home on certain street, we call you paid off in Jesus' name, so we're calling our mortgage paid off every time we bless our food, and then we say, and 19 Tomer Place belongs to Ramah Family Church, it's ours in Jesus' name, we do that every time we pray for our food. So really, you know, the Lord, I felt like the Lord said, do not put pressure on the congregation to buy this building. So I'm not putting any pressure and trying to twist any arms, but if I could put just a little pressure on you guys, use your faith, all right? If you just use your faith, that would be, that would be the only thing I would say, and we, we can do this by, by faith, by grace through faith. Okay, we're gonna pray and we're gonna get into the word today. Father, I first of all, would like to lift up Australia to you, Father. We're thankful for this nation, and Father, uh, we know that you told us in your word Uh, that the king's heart is in your hand. We know you told us in your word to pray for governments and all that are in authority. And so, Father, this is a great nation, but not everything always done is legislature or things that you would agree with or do, but we're, we're not hopeless, Father, because we can bring this to you. So we lift up from the prime minister down to everyone that serves this nation, all those that serve and all the leadership, Father, we thank you that their heart is in your hand and you can steer their hearts. So we ask you, Father God, we ask you to influence all the leaders of this land with godliness. You've, You've done it before with people that are not even Christian. That is not the qualification. You just said to pray for those in leadership and you'll do it. So, Father, we thank you for all in leadership that you influence them, that you steer their hearts, Father God. We truly believe, Father God, that you can move on them and we can see things in this country even go more toward godliness. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And then, Lord, thank you for your holy word. Uh, We thank you, Father God. I acknowledge that I cannot do this without your help. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for helping me minister your word today. Thank you that you speak through me, Father, that you strengthen me. and Father, I thank you that you give ears to all here to hear the word, Father, spiritual ears to hear. I thank you for that in Jesus' name, Amen. So uh, I'm going to just uh, today. I was wanted to pick up and just the last two weeks. Last week was wonderful. What what Pastor Jenny shared, and then two weeks ago we had Mark Hankins on video. Uh, lots of stuff there. I just wanted to pick up and and uh, on especially one of the points that Mark was sharing. Before I do that, I thought maybe if, you know, if we could put this up here, you guys can take a snapshot of this if you want. Now, his book is, his book is uh, for sale on, uh, it's that first slide, it's the one with the, the, the eight points to Paul's system of truth. His book is for sale on Amazon, I, I believe, I know it's on iBooks, because I bought it on iBooks. It's a great book, These, it's Paul's system of tr- uh, truth, that's what it's called, and those are the eight points on there. And uh, really great understanding and truth in that book. So I'd like to just look at that first one about the spirit, soul, and body today. And it kind of ties in for the last two weeks. And I want to start off today and just tell you a story. And this happened to Mark Hankins when he was young. He's a few years older than I am. And so he was in school. So you can imagine that's going to be close to 60 years ago and so I don't know where science is today because I don't keep up with science and what they're teaching in school. So I can't, I can't tell you that. But this is where science was back then. And so in his science class, uh, they, they classified all living things in two categories, either a plant or an animal. And uh, so they put man in the animal kingdom, not the plant kingdom which makes sense, if any of it makes sense. But, um, so this is a quote directly out of Mark Hankin's book. He says, this happened to him. He said, one day, my high school biology teacher asked the class, how many of you are plants? No one raised their hand. <clears throat> he asked, how many of you are animals? Some students raised their hands, others did not. He asked if anyone in the class was dead. He kept on and on in an effort to make his point that every living thing is either plant or animal. My teacher continued until everyone in the class had raised their hand except me. He asked me, are you a plant? I said, no, I am not a plant. Then he asked me, are you an animal? I said, no, I am not an animal. He asked me, what are you then? I answered, I am a spirit made in the image of God, made a shade lower than God himself. He looked at me and said, I'm not talking about church. I told him, I'm not talking about church either. And isn't that interesting too, that when somebody speaks this way, uh, the general population out there, they think that's church stuff, but they don't know it's life stuff. It, 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 it's, of course, we talk about it in church, but it's beyond church. It's like human beings are spirits, and we're going to talk about that today. So what happened to Mark, it was kind of like incomplete truth. That's where science was at the time, so it wasn't in line with God's truth. True science uh, true science actually supports God, and uh, we heard that in one of the nights on our Christian View nights. We heard that, and uh, we have to remember true science does support God. So we want to look at something in Ecclesiastes today. It's uh, believed that Solomon wrote the book Ecclesiastes, and sometimes there's not always complete agreement on some of the books. It's not real clear who wrote that book, but the majority of people do believe that Solomon wrote the book. Now, you know Solomon was a very wise person, wasn't he? So look at what Solomon said, and you see that, you know, even though you can be wise in some areas, but not totally understanding in all areas. So Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 18 says, I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them, that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of men and what happens to the beast is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath and man has no advantage over beasts, for all is vanity. All go to the same place. All are from dust, and to dust all return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down to earth. So he really didn't know. So here's a very wise man, really in a sense confused, and and that really goes to show you that some things can only be comprehended in in God, in Christ. In, for us, it's in Christ. And there's many people that have a lot of intelligence, but there's some things they, they aren't able to get because, well, you're just limited. Uh, and we'll talk about that as we go. Don't want to get ahead. Now, here's one thing that I'm glad, though, and I, and I trust it. He said uh, this, that the same, concerning the men and animals, he said they all have the same breath. And I was thinking, I hope my breath isn't as bad as an animal's breath. Anyway, just a little. All right, so let's move on. So today we want to talk about who is man. Who is man. So I, I, I told this story uh, before, but I'd like to just bring it up again. I think it was in 1978, 77 or 78. That's when my brother David, he died. And um, I, was, I think I was twenty three years old at the time, it's a long time ago, 1977, 78, and it was a sudden thing, and my brother Joe and I, Joe was four years younger, and David was two years younger, but we were in business together back then, we, uh, as I said before, we, we had a gym, and we trained guys, bodybuilders, we had some powerlifters lifters that were there too, powerlifting is different than bodybuilding, you know, powerlifting is how much weight you can do, bodybuilding is doing less weight to make yourself look pretty, you know, And so we had both of them there, but we mainly specialized, my brother and I, training bodybuilders. And uh, so that's what we were doing. We were very aware of our outward appearance back then. You know, you trained all week. Now, we weren't Christians, okay, so we trained all week. You put a tight shirt on, and then you went to the pub or the disco, whatever. We call it the discotheque, to show off your muscles. It was, I, I mean, I was a real very, I was a very deep person, wasn't I? So we um, were really hurting when our brother died. We went to a pub, we called them nightclubs back then, and we bought a whole bottle of vodka, just wanted to say we were not Christians back then, went back out to the car and sat on the hood, and we were just drinking it straight, nothing in it, you know, just straight vodka. That doesn't taste very good, but we just wanted to, you know, soothe our hurts. So we were passing that bottle back and forth. You know what our big question was? Where did David go? My brother, where did he go? And, you know, we talked and talked, but we, we were in church every Sunday on the front row, but we, we didn't know where he went because some things cannot be comprehended outside of, a, you know, relationship with God and understanding spiritual things is the only way you can really comprehend some things. And, and so we didn't know. So look, these scriptures here, you know, Jesus began to introduce some things here uh, in, in Luke chapter 17 and verse 20. He says, now, when he, asked, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Uh, nor will they say, see here, and then see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. And so Jesus, when he came to the earth, he began to introduce something totally different. And of course, they didn't understand him back at that time. Because you can't comprehend these things. there, there needs to be a spiritual there has to be a spiritual something about a person to comprehend. And I became spiritual when I received Jesus as Lord. That's when my comprehension started. and people without that have trouble comprehending. So Jesus introduced this kingdom to us, and here's one of the key factors here. He said, you won't see it with your eyes. So that means it wasn't a new nation. It wasn't a new form of government. It was an invisible kingdom, and it, it's put on the inside of us. It's within us. And the reason that it, this can happen, that it can be put on the inside, because as spirit beings, that's who people are, humans, we have the capacity for it to be so. So, I, you know, sometimes we forget that Every person walking on the earth is a spirit being. When we walk, leave church today and we get out there, every person you drive by in their car, they're a spirit being, every single one, okay? But here's the big question. Are they alive unto God or are they still dead spiritually? That's the big thing, okay? And, and so um, we exist as Christians, to try to bring as many of them in so they become alive unto God. Now, what's pretty kind of cool is this kingdom that we're talking about, it gets put on the inside of us. That's the kingdom that we're going to be forever. And it's kind of like everyone that receives Jesus Christ as Lord, it's kind of like a little taste of heaven on earth. We have that in us while we're on earth. And it's a taste of heaven while we're on the earth. And it, it's been wonderful. Patsy and myself, we've had lots of challenges. We've had to stand many times for various things. But I can say that through it all, it's wonderful having a relationship with him and and being made alive. So look at here in the Word. We just want to see some differences here, some contrasts. This is how man was described. This would be people that are not in Christ. In 2 Peter 2.12, it says, But these men like irrational animals, creatures of instinct. So I'm I'm not going to read all of that, but notice how the description is there, how man is described. And then in Titus chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. So it's interesting that people that are out of Christ, they'll do name-calling. They'll judge. They'll they'll label a particular ethnic group that happens out in the world. And, and it's, so it's really important for us as Christians, we surely do not want to dabble in those kind of things. So in Christ, this should not go on. But outside of Christ, it goes on. As Christians, we should not allow the world to pull us into what they're angry about. To pull us into what they have no understanding about. And and so you can see that it's going on for years. Those kind of things. It's it's way back that this was going on, okay? Nothing new. Now, Jude chapter 10, here's another one. It says senseless animals there. uh, And then, Mark chapter 7 and verse 27, Jesus walked on the earth, and this is what this went on between the Jews and the Gentiles. And if you're not a Bible person, uh, they're Jews. Back in those days, there were the Jews, and every person that wasn't a Jew was called a Gentile. So there was just two people groups there, the Jews and the Gentiles. So Jesus said to her concerning healing, and uh, this lady wanted to be heil- asked for healing, and it, he says, let the children be fed first, that's the Jews, for it is not right to take the children's, the Jews' bread, which he brought to healing to them, and throw it to the dogs, who was a non-Jew. And so that was going on way back then, but Jesus did this for a reason, and it was really cool what happened. That's not what we're teaching on today, uh, but just notice that, that th- these are descriptions about men and women, mankind, outside of Christ, outside of Christianity. Then Jesus came, and he arose. He came, and he suffered. He died. He arose, and he became available to mankind. Now, here are some new descriptions, new terminology for mankind. Jesus introduced this, first of all. He, in John chapter 2, and verse 20, he said, the Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And you will raise it up in three days? He, he made a statement, and they got confused what he was talking about. And then in verse 21, it says, But he was speaking about the temple of his body. So here's like a new thought, that human beings can be temples. Our, our bodies can be the temple of something. And then you go over to 1 Corinthians, and we understand what is our bodies the temple of. In 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16, it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple And that God's spirit dwells in you. And so this is talking about us. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit. So when we say, well, what is man? Man is a spirit. As my brother-in-law said to his teacher, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. And we'll talk more about that as we go. So, you know, if somebody asks you, like, who who are you, what, what would a Christian say? Well, you can say, well, I'm the temple of the living God. When somebody asks that question. Of course, you want to, if you're witnessing to somebody, that might not the, be the best thing to say right then, so you understand. But we can all say that we're the temple of the living God. Then in Ephesians, here's more terminology, Ephesians 1.1, 1, 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints. He's calling the entire church, it Ephesus Saints. So I grew up in the Catholic Church, as many of you know, as I said before. You know, it was really difficult to become a saint in the Catholic Church. I mean, it was a big process, it took a lot of time, and very few people got it. Now, they happened to have a St. Anthony in the Catholic My legal name is Anthony. My, my mother's the only one that ever called me Anthony. Everyone else calls me Tony. But uh, uh, there was a St. Anthony. So I was just so proud of it growing up that there was, you know, there's, and I don't know if he was the patron saint of travel, but, you know, we used to hang one of those things in our car, you know, and that's before we knew that you could actually believe God and use faith and believe that he would protect you. We didn't know, so you, we hung this thing in the car for protection. And so that's kind of how I grew up. And, um, so that said, every one of us are saints. If, you're, if Jesus Christ is your Lord, you're a saint. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, you're the temple of the living God. If Jesus Christ is the Lord, you're, you're a born-again spirit. You're a spirit that's made alive. There, there's everyone's, every human being is a spirit. We're all going to live eternally. You're either born again and you're not, and we exist to, to do the best we can to get as many people born again and, and get them into eternity with us. Now look at 1 Peter 2 and verse 5. It it says, you also are living stones, are being built up as spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So this is another description, and we could go on, there's so many things written about who we are, but we're living stones, it says, versus dead stones. We're being built up as a spiritual house. So individually, we're the temple of God, but corporately, we're a spiritual house, too. So there's local churches. So this local church, we're a corporate body. We're, this is a house, but there's houses all over the world. So globally, we're one big corporate house. And then locally, we're corporate. And then individually, we're, we're all the house. It's awesome. So here's some thoughts about man as a spirit. We're just going to look at three today. And just going back to what Mark Hankins said to a science teacher, the two categories, there's plants and there's animals. Man is neither a plant or animal. Man is a spirit. That puts mankind in a class that no other creature is in. So what we're going to look at right now, this is distinct for man. So the first thing is the way God communicates to spirits. Now I googled this to make sure I wasn't incorrect, because I kind of thought that, you know, there's been some things going on where they're trying to communicate to plants, and I found that that the scientists said that you, you, you can actually communicate with plants. I, I, you know, I believe you can speak life to plants, but I, I'm not going to use any of my time to communicate to plants. I'm not even I'm not even keeping up with all my friends as much as I want to. Why would, I don't want to use time to talk to plants, you know. But whoever wants to, fine. You know. <laughs> But it's for sure that you communicate with animals, you know, and at the moment we don't have a dog, but we had these two little dogs for a while. You know, I almost squeeze them so hard, they, you know, (laughs) they can't breathe. Just love them, you know. And so, you know, of course you communicate, but the, the way that you communicate, the way God communicates with us is totally different than the way that you would communicate with a plant or an animal. So we're going to look at some scriptures here. And when we look at this scripture, you you just can't find anything about plants or animals in this category. So this one says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. That's like a whole other category right there. That we're made in the image of God, after his likeness. And then, of course, he said to have dominion on the earth. So when we think about Men and women, we think that we're made in the image of God. It's important to to understand all these things. It's so important, uh, you know, especially to know when there's talk that comes at us that we're all inhabiting this earth together and that we're all equal. Well, you know, with all due respect and, and with all sincerity, man is in a different class than the plants in the animals. We're created in God's image. He put us on the earth to have dominion. So even in the book of Acts, and, and l- listen, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest meat eater. I, I, you know, I kind of like carbohydrate. My weakness is carbohydrates, you know, which I have to watch. So when I say, understand, I'm not, I'm not getting on anyone that doesn't eat a lot of meat, but we have to know in the book of Acts, you know, there was a sheet that came down from heaven. I, I don't know if you were familiar with that scripture, and it had different animals. And, and The Lord said, "Bless that and eat." And so when He said, "to you know that to have dominion on the earth," part of that dominion is that we have dominion over the plants and the animals. I, it's not over. I don't. I don't want to have dominion over you, but we have dominion on the earth. It's not. It's not one another who has the, who's the most powerful between us it's like we have dominion on the earth and so um so you see that here then in romans chapter 8 and verse number 15 it says so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves instead you received god's spirit when he adopted you as his own children now we call him abba father for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are god's children See, we're in this different class here, human beings, okay, and God communicates. We're talking about how, to, how God communicates, so you notice here that His Spirit, the, the Spirit of the Creator, the Almighty God, that He loves us so much, and He made us as spirit beings. His Spirit joins with our spirits. When we receive Jesus as Lord, our spirits become alive. And it says his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. When I prayed that prayer in the parking lot years ago, when I was 23 years old, to receive Jesus, I prayed that prayer with my heart. And I know from that point on, I knew that I had Jesus. I knew that he was mine and I was his. And my prayer is that everyone sitting here and anyone watching online, all, all each of you, would know that you have him. That it would be clear, that you would never wonder. And, And I know many of you are established Christians, but Paul had such a heart to pray, and you see that in the book of Ephesians for those that received Jesus as Lord. And he prayed that they would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He had such a heart that every person would be so convinced that they, what we read here, his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, that everyone would know I'm a child of God. Now there's talk out there that, you know, there's a talk out there that we're all children of God, like it's, it's on TV and various things. Uh, we, and, I, and I like to make it like this. We're, God created all of us, but there's only one way to be a child of God, and that's through Jesus Christ. You know, so that's, that's, we see that in the Bible. So Jesus said God is a spirit. Man was created in God's image, so man is a spirit. When we receive his spirit, we are adopted by God himself, and if we allow him... He will father us. We are sons of the Father God, and we should know it. We, I know it. And th- this especially should be so encouraging to someone that had a father that wasn't the greatest father. Because you can be refathered by him. Hallelujah. Here's the second thing. What do spirits feed on? So the gospel was designed by God to speak to the spirit of man, the heart. All education in the world not pertaining to the things of God is mainly designed to speak to our intellect and our minds and even emotions. Now, I'm I'm for education, and I believe it's vital. As an example, doctors save lives. Aren't you grateful for people that go study and become a doctor and surgeons? Thank God, the pharmaceuticals and and the medicines, they they save lives. All education is vital. Lawyers defend people. I I don't know if you, lawyers do many things. One of them is they defend people. So if you ever needed a lawyer and they defend you, aren't you thankful they went to school? Education is vital. Farmers feed us. Aren't aren't you grateful for farmers that get educated and they know how to work their land and grow their, their crops so there's food at the grocery stores? Trades build necessary things. I'm, I'm grateful for tradies that build, uh, and and I, I think Australia has awesome building. You know, I keep driving up up, up and down that M1, and I mean I, I, these guys that build highways here are awesome. They just do such nice work. Truckers get the stuff to us. I'm thankful for truckers. They get the stuff to us. You know, so um, so education is vital. But I'm, I'm t- I want to talk about in the realm of the spirit and feeding. So we feed plants and animals. It's very different than the plants and animals, how we feed our spirit. So like Patsy, she goes to the store, and some t- one time she sent me to buy bird seed, but she also buys plant food. And she likes working out in our backyard, and she likes doing the plants, and she likes the feeding the birds. And, and so she likes doing that. But, you know, every morning when I wake up, and I find Patsy, she gets up a little earlier than me, she's sitting in the same chair, usually every morning and with the same thing and that's reading God's word. And I have yet to see her feed on bird seed and plant food. She just hasn't been feeding on that ever. But she feeds on the word of God. And so what we feed our spirits is different than what we feed our natural body. Our, our natural bodies, they're It's fed something different, okay? So we have choices to make. If we think about the kingdom of the world, and then we think about the kingdom of God, so most people on earth, in a sense, they're forced into schooling. It's required by governments. Now, I have missionary friends. They they moved to Germany. You're not allowed to homeschool in Germany. It's it's not permitted in that country. And so they sent their kids to a very expensive Christian school. costs cost lots of money, but they didn't want their children to hear some of the stuff that they would hear over there, so they sent them to a Christian school. And they they had to pay lots of money for that. So we, we could say this. Most people on the earth are forced into schooling. It's required. And the schooling comes to us. On the other hand, for Christians, when we become a Christian, we choose to be schooled in the way of the kingdom of God. It's not forced. Actually, we have to go to it. I mean, you came to church today to sit under the word. You came to it. No one made you do that. Uh, When we're at home, we have a choice on what we can feed on. It's our choice. Now, it really is true, whatever somebody feeds on the most is what becomes the biggest thing in their life. So whatever you feed on, mostly, I'm not talking about physical food, but I'm talking about whatever you watch and whatever you listen to, whatever you do the majority of becomes the greatest thing. And so, of course, if you're in university, you, you need to listen and you need to read and you need to do that to, to, to uh, do your courses. But there, if you know, the question is, can there be a time that I feed on God's Word? Because you're kind of, you can get out of balance. Where, what time can I feed on the Word? So what we've learned is if I don't do it in the morning, it's hard to fit in. So this is real practical, but I'm, I'm just, when I get up in the morning, it's the best time for me to feed. It, that's my best time for feeding. And, and I notice when I get into my day, it's hard to do it later. There's been a few times where I just thought at nighttime, uh, I'm going to do it. Sometimes I'm sleepy, but I try to do all the time. I do mine in the morning. I'm, I want to feed my spirit. So the, the spirit of man needs to be fed the word of God. So this is some, just some really simple things. When you feed on the word, what it, what it does to your spirit, man, it reveals Jesus, the living word to us reveals who we are in Christ, purifies us, guides us, instructs us. It's our bread. strengthens our beliefs. So that's all the various things that when we decide to feed, how vital that is to feed your spirit and what it means to you as a Christian. Now, here's the last thing we want to look at today, and that's this. Our spirits hold our true identity. Knowing that you're a spirit... And having that—that—that's where you're going to find your true identity. So here's a question: Who are you being schooled by? Who is schooling your children? And I think those are very important questions. Who are you? In other words, whatever you feed on, without realizing it, whatever you feed on the the most—that's schooling you. And whatever your children feed on the most—that's schooling them. And so it's really important to ask these questions, what, who's schooling you? Because we, we want to make sure that we're being schooled from the right sources. So here's like a very practical thing. In Christianity, in the realm of the spirit, there is the spirit, the soul, and the body in that order. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. That's typical Christianity, but then there is outside of Christianity, and it's basically the soul and the body. And there isn't recognition of the spirit. And so when we talk about this, uh, that identity, the true identity is, you're going to find that in the spirit, your true identity. So the schooling's very different. Without the spirit part of it, it can be just fleshly and soulish sometimes depending on what you're listening to. I'm not talking about listening to accounting classes or uh, law classes or medical classes, but there's other things out there that, as far as schooling goes, there's things that can be damaging to people. Uh, It's the opposite of who they are in Christ. And there's things that people listen to that can damage them, and uh, I'll, I'll mention a few here soon. But schooling's very different, so Jesus said this kingdom that we're in, it doesn't come with observation, but here's the thing, we, we don't see that kingdom, but what we see is the world that we live in, it's very tangible, and very real, this world that we're living in, it's everywhere, I, I mean, you just drive down the street, you know, sometimes you can drive down the street, and there's a billboard with a victorious secrets, you know, and I this isn't New York, but I've been in places like that where, you know, you got Victoria's Secrets models all over the place, and that's right down, driving down the street. You know, and that's what they put in front of you and all those kind of things. It, it's like the world's very tangible, and it's in your face, and the world's always talking. You know, somebody's always talking. There's many voices in the world. There's always talking going on. So it'll come at you in every way. All right, so we live in this tangible world, the world presents its views to us, it's given to us, whether we ask for it or not, and there's actually an attempt to sell it to us. As Mark Hankins said in his class, that teacher kept saying, okay, you're either a plant or an animal, and <laughs> kept working on it till everyone put their hand up. They were selling that to them, and it was, the only reason Mark was the only one that knew that because he happened to have a father that was a pastor, and he learned from his father in church that he was a spirit. And that's the difference it made. So, like, who's schooling? Who's schooling you? Who's schooling your children? It's so important. It, 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 uh, I was talking to um, somebody today after the 8.30 service, and they were just telling me they went through something very difficult, like with a personal relationship, and they went. this person went through our Bible school and was, was attended the church too, and uh, they came up, she came up from the Gold Coast and and just to visit today. And she said, it was God's word that brought me through this difficult time. And it was not a difficult time with sickness or disease. It was a difficult time with a relationship. And I said, isn't it amazing that the word of God can save your life? and it And it even can stabilize your emotions. And with tears she said, yes. And it did that for me. And so thank God for his word. But there is this attempt to sell things to us. And so if we see it and hear it, more than what we feed on, that will be bigger. And even Christians can get deceived and mixed up. So we can say this, When it comes to knowing our identity, here's some things about knowing identity. Knowing our true identity solves problems, answers questions. We interpret life from the spirit perspective. So when you know your identity and who you are, there is a brand new interpretation of life. There's a different worldview, as we say, when you know who you are. The end of being ruled by feelings and emotions. Now, when I say that, please don't, misunderstand me saying that your feelings and emotions will never act up my feelings and emotions act up but it's possible to with him and his help and by his grace put that under it doesn't mean they won't try to act up so I, i don't want that to be misunderstood relationships can be built around truth when you know who you are you can build relationships around truth and then this last one we we know where we go after death And that was one of the big things when I received Jesus as Lord. I knew where my brother was, and I knew where I was going, and I knew I would see him down the road. So here's one last uh, story I'd like to tell you, and that's this. You know, I've joked around a lot about being an Italian. So if you've come here for a while, you've heard me talking about being Italian. So before I was a Christian, I mainly identified as an Italian. Someone would ask me, where are you from? and I would say, I'm Italian. They said, but you sound American. I said, well, I was born there, but I'm Italian. I was just so proud of the Italian thing. I said, I have Italian blood. I was just born in America. I was really proud of my roots, okay? So, I'm going to kind of confront myself right now. This is a confrontation at me. Jesus never identified as Jewish. He he didn't say, I'm Jewish. He, He he did a few things. He, he. I don't think you can ever, you can't find him talking about his earthly father. So I say this with sincerity: I would prefer my daughters to, if they, if they talk more about their heavenly father, I'm okay with that, because I know that they're communicating with the heavenly father than more than they talk about me. Jesus talked principally, or only. Of his heavenly father. I don't think he ever mentioned his earthly father. That's pretty big. So when we say that you can be... he, God will re-father you. Now, so I'm not in any way trying to say to disrespect fathers in any way. We celebrate Father's Day here. But I'm just trying to, to say how important it is to have that relationship between the heavenly father and you. So confronting myself... I should spend less time talking about being Italian. I really should. I've I've done too much of that. But here's the benefit of that. When you identify as a spirit and put God in that place, a lot of things just fix automatically. So it deals with things like sexuality and gender. It, it, It deals with race ethnic things. In the realm of the spirit, we're all spirit beings, and there there is no color. And so when people have this revelation, they know that I'm a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. Uh, if somebody's black, they're a spirit. They have a soul. They live in a body. If somebody's uh, brown, they they're, and they're a Christian, they have a spirit. They are a spirit, I'm sorry, and they have a soul, and they live in a body. This this understanding and this truth, it just it just fixes things. It repairs things. It makes everything different. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the worship co- team come and I'm going to pray. Father, I, I truly pray, Father, that each person that listened to this today, Father, that you would take the words, Father, and you would illuminate those words. And it would be really clear that people who receive Jesus Christ as Lord, they become a new creature. They're born again. They're they're brand new. They're they're a spirit that is alive. Man is a spirit, Father. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for helping all of us that you would grant to each one of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your Son. And that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened and we would know, hallelujah, we we would have an understanding and a revelation, of course, of who you are, but also of who we are. And Father, I thank you for the stability it can bring in people's lives. I thank you what the difference it makes in a person's life when they know who they are. And that's my prayer. Heavenly Father, in the event that anyone would be here today and they haven't, passed from one side to the other they are human and they have a spirit but their spirit is not made alive yet and father if there is anyone watching online or anyone in this room right now father I know that you've been ministering to them all along that you've been taking your word and ministering it to them and speaking to their hearts and so father that's what you do if you're with us here today or you're online and you and you are saying yes, I, I, I see that I need a Savior Jesus is that Savior and I want to take that step today I want to receive Him as my Savior, I want to pray a prayer right now and this prayer, when I prayed it, I prayed it with all my heart I wanted Him and when I prayed, I meant it from my heart I encourage you to want him today and to pray this from your heart. So we're going to pray this together. And this is your opportunity to become a new creature in Christ, to become a spirit that's alive in, a, in your body, walking on the earth. So let's do this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming. You came for me. You died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. And I receive you as my Lord. Thank you for loving me. You first love me. And I love you back. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. There's an old song. I'm going to invite Patsy up here uh, right now. And there's an old song that we used to sing, and we're gonna we're gonna sing this song. And so I'm gonna invite her up. It's along the lines of what we taught on today. Okay, it's an easy song, and Tony wanted um, he was hoping you could go home with this. It's kind of like a little pocket song. You can just take it home with you. It's really easy to learn. It says, I am a spirit my spirit made in the you can just identify who you really are and who you're really connected to we're connected to our father god hallelujah i have his nature made in his likeness and i'm filled with his wonderful love hallelujah tell somebody i'm a spirit If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.